Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hello on this Saturday morning, our special weekend podcasts are back in 2023. Great to have your company every Saturday. We'll relive some of our best interviews of the week from Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy to help you ease into your weekend. And Brandy, on today's special weekend podcast, what have we got coming up? Uh, Vossie, Cronulla head coach Craig Fitzgibbon ahead of the Sharks' first game of the season against the Rabbitohs. New Zealand cricket great Ian Smith following the amazing test finish between the Black Caps and England. Australian cricketer Sean Abbott before he joins our one-day squad for the Tour of India. And the Sydney FC coach Steve Corica, whose Sky Blues take on Melbourne victory in what is a massive rivalry tonight at Allianz Stadium. So let's kick off our special Saturday podcast with the Sharks coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. We've just spoken about round one. The Sharks take on South Sydney Saturday night. We think it's the it's probably the pick of the games uh, out of round one. And the coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, happy to say, joins us on the line. Fitzy, good morning, mate. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you feeling? I I, I, I spoke to you before the uh, the first pre-season game. You're, you're a little bit antsy. You're ready to go. Is, is that how you're feeling now? Yeah, it's come around... Um... Yeah, quite quickly, to be honest. You're sort of doing all the pre-season training and you can't wait to get to round one. And now it's here. It's like, geez, I'd like some more training time. But, um, no, look, we're, we're ready to go there. Brandy, it's been, um, been a good preparation and um, it's, um, obviously a lot of work gone into it. Um, and, yeah, we're excited, you know. It's, a, it's obviously a long way to go. It is only round one, but it's, um, you know, that, that roller coaster and, and all the highs and lows and, and all the fun that goes with it. It's about to start, but we're ready. Listen to you, Craig. We spoke this same time last year. Now you're talking like a 20-year coach and you're throwing in the cliches. Beautiful stuff. The roller coaster. You're ready to hop on. I never know whether the up is the good thing or, or the down. Because on a real roller coaster, going down is actually one of the highlights. But anyway, not to worry about that. Craig, we're here to look forward, not back. But I, I can't I can't start this interview without at least addressing last year's final series. Cronulla's defeat, like you finished second regular season, which was an outstanding achievement. Um, your defence had been good all year. You get to the finals. You go out in straight games. Team concedes 70 points. How quickly did you move on from that? Did you need to really analyse as to what actually happened in the biggest matches of the year for the Sharks? Uh, yeah, of course we um, addressed it. And, of course, we moved on. So, um, a bit like I'd take the first statement there, Vossi. We've, we've, uh, we're looking forward. Um, but what we have done... Is as to as to why that happened. Whatever I offer you here in conversation is going to sound like an excuse. So it's just it's not worth discussing. But we've definitely addressed it internally, and we've 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 gone over why and how we've gone over that week, that minute, that moment, and we've uh, addressed it through our preseason. Addressed it, in, um, you know, if we get the opportunity again, you like to think we're better prepared. But there's there's lessons in everything, mate. There's lessons in the wins that we had. There's lessons in those losses we had. Um, we're just we're just learning, and all we're trying to do is get better. So we are we are forward focused, but it's um, of course we had to address it. It was um, yeah, bloody hurt, mate. So we had to had to go through it. Now, now someone that learned pretty quickly last year was Nico Hines, Dally M winner. Um, you know his attacking numbers were incredible. 
Fitz, he's had a he's had a, a bit to deal with over the off season. Now he's got a a, a calf injury. Are, are you confident that he'll that he'll line up Saturday night? I'm not certain at this stage um, with Nico. It's it's not a significant injury, but it's um you know it's almost, it's it's just one that you've got to get right because they can you know obviously calf issues can go can go pear shaped pretty quickly. So we just got to make the call on any risk there, and it's obviously a long year that I won't be taking with Nico. But um you know in 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 the midst of everything that's been going on for him, um I think he's handled himself with class and he's. You know, he's he's hasn't let anything get to him. Obviously, um, had a lot going on as a as an individual, Nico. With his, um, but he just, yeah, he's he's really excited me. He hasn't hasn't come in after last year and, and in any way, shape, or form not not tried to get better. He just comes in. He works very hard in his game. Very analytical, and and his leadership is improving. So he's um no, he's he's definitely um he's definitely looking forward to the season when that starts. We'll figure that out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we asked our listeners at the top of the program to describe their level of optimism for their team going into the season. Two sleeps to go. This time last year, Sharks fans were hopeful, but not over the top. Now they do have expectation on the back of a very successful year. If the Sharks are to improve on last season, Craig, what do you need to do better? Is there a player? Is there a group of players that, are, that need to go to the next level to, to take you there? Oh, I don't. I don't think so, Vossi. I don't think that's um, fair to, to isolate players to improve a team and a team outcome and a team performance. So we've um, been working really hard on us as a group and a team and in, in, in connection and cohesion, the way you play, understanding roles, and, and trying to put all that together to make sure everyone's on the improve. And um, what, what you can't do is you, you try not to spend too much time um, seeing. You know, you can't control what happens with other clubs and how many games they win and etc. You can only uh, focus on yourself and, and we're confident after a pretty long, hot um, summer and preparation that we can play some better footy, you know, and, and where that lands us, um, we're not sure. But what we need to be able to play better footy is we, we need everyone to step up. I don't think it's fair to, to label a couple of guys. I think we all need to get better. Fitz, as, as a coach, do, do, you, do you look at other teams? Like, throughout the off-season, as you... Moving through the off season, do you actually look at other teams and think, well, they might get better, or, or, or are you that focused with what's happening with your group of players that you sort of, you, you don't even worry, or you haven't even thought about, you know, which teams might improve, or, um, you know, which teams might be hard to beat this year. What, what how, how do you think oh, about other teams? Yeah, you, you are kind of balance it out, Brandy, where you. you definitely centered on yourself and your your level of um, training performances and preparation and whatever but you, you cast an eye across and, and 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 you do have a look at other clubs and then obviously in, in a game week I mean you're analyzing the opposition all week basically so but um, yeah. you know it is important to understand your performance levels and improve and sometimes I don't know about other coaches may, but when you start focusing on everyone else, it's, there's a lot going on there, and that's a lot of points of focus, which takes your eyes off what's important to you. But you also can't you can't ignore the fact that you're not understanding where other clubs might get better or might not as well. So um, you do take a look, but you try not to let it over um, overdo what you're doing with your own club. All right, Craig, and I, I did say we wouldn't look back, but I will just go back on a quote. I, I do remember from the interview last year, probably the second time we spoke to you, when we when we got towards the back end of the season and you said where the team sort of started to surprise you, maybe exceeded 
your own expectations, how things came together. It was early in the season you had that win over Parramatta. That was that was round two last year, and then you suddenly thought, well, they're a little better than what what I thought. Um, the Cronulla side right now, in your own in your own mind, uh, will 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 hit the ground running like game one. You're You've ticked every box you possibly could. You, any concern areas you wanted to share with us? Uh, like you can only you got to trust in your uh, preparation, and with, with that round two uh, performance, so, so in reference to that, that was um, what surprised me was that that was a really high quality game. It was still you know looking at it as one of our better um, games of the season and performances, and and. To arrive with that team level of performance so quickly was what what surprised me there. Um, we've worked very hard on um, understanding you know, how we play as a team. So um, as a city right now, I can only trust in our preparation and and knowing um, what happened last year through preparation and getting to the season that you take a lot of confidence out of that. But you're also you can't hang your hat on a pre-season training block because everyone's every every single club is going to say they're bigger, faster, fitter, stronger. So uh, the proof will be in the pudding, but I'm, I'm confident we've prepared well. Um, what happens from now on, there'll be there'll be some um, bends and twists in the road, I'm sure, but we, um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident that we're well prepared, that's for sure. All right, one last one to finish. Craig, given our special guest, you've, you're from a rugby league family, you're rugby league through and through. I remember you as a schoolboy footy player, Craig. You've, you're born to play and coach and be involved in rugby league. Just put your fan hat on. How excited are you that, that the new season's about to kick off? Yeah, it's all, mate. Like you said, mate, I'm footy geek. Love it. Love the game. Love watching it. I'm really excited. Even like starting, um, just watching the early games and see where everyone's at. And it is, it's, um, it, it is really exciting. And obviously, for us, you go through some different emotions with it. But um, yeah, I, I love the game. I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely really um, looking forward to the season. And and the, like I said, the just rugby league just finds a way to surprise you all the time and, and um, I think that's why we're so interested in it but um, yeah, I can't wait to watch those early rounds and then get ourselves out there on Saturday night Well, you start with a blockbuster fits it's uh, the Sharks taking on the Bunnies Saturday night, 7.30 um, All the best mate, really appreciate your time Now you're flat out but uh, enjoy the week and uh, we'll catch up through the season Yep, no worries, thanks for having me guys Vossie and Brandy here. Don't forget, you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Uh, now, I'm currently... This is a text uh, from uh, Mike from Brisbane. I'm currently holidaying in New Zealand and went to a bar last night in Wellington. Um, talking to other drinkers in the bar, you would think they'd won the World Cup. Test cricket was the only topic of conversation. Great news for Test cricket. Mike from Brisbane, currently in Wellington. Great text, uh, Mike, that will lead into our next guest. Also, this one... On the New Zealand-England test, it's great for test cricket, but we have to call it England's decision to enforce the follow-on was a very bad decision. They were only 226 runs ahead, not 426, with their aggressive batting plenty of time to bat again. Well, let's get the thoughts of an absolute expert. He is one of the stars, if not the star, of SENZ, our brothers, our sisters across the ditch, Mr Ian Smith. On the program. Good morning, Smithy. Vossy, uh, this is like um, I, I do this uh, little interview with you. I'm still about 600 behind. I owe you so much, man. Uh, <laughs> now, you have lived a life in cricket. You have lived yep. and breathed it. Have you experienced or seen the like of the pandemonium of yesterday previously? I don't think so. I mean, I recall 
remember years and years ago we couldn't get Mike Whitney out in the last over. Uh, that that was uh, there was a lot of drama around about that at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, but uh, you know all only one result was possible, and that was us winning basically or the draw. But yesterday, of course, every result was still on the table, including the tie, um, which is such a rare thing. I mean, the drama. I think it's harder watching than it, than it is when you've you've been you're actually out there in it. You don't you you feel you've still got to do your job. You don't quite get the sense because you might be a part of it. We're going to talk to Tom Blundell on our show in about an hour. Uh, of course, he was the keeper that took the catch uh, about the drama that he felt. Uh, but honestly, we needed it. New Zealand needed that result. Uh, we needed a test match like that. And it just emphasises the fact that um, you know, a, a great game of test cricket you'll talk about a long, long time after you'll talk about a great game of white ball cricket. Ian, Brendan McCollum's been a revelation coaching the English team. Uh, he's got very aggressive tactics. Do you think this is a, this is the way forward for Test cricket? Another super exciting match, high scoring, fast run rate. It, it just seems like a much better spectacle. Oh, look, it just is. It, it, it is for me anyway. I'm old too. I'll tell you, I just absolutely loved every second of the, the attitude that Brendan McCollum's team's got. Look, they're going to fall um, on their butts every now and then because you just can't cannot continue to try and score at five or six and over. Every now and then they're going to come up against a bowling attack, and I predict they will in the Ashes, <coughs> that isn't going to let them score like that every day. Uh, and they'll fall in a heap. Uh, but Brendan McCullum's philosophy is quite simple. It was the same when he was a white ball captain. Uh, he reinvented 50 over cricket because he didn't want to waste one delivery. You know, his theory was, look, we're out here, let's have some fun, and let's, every delivery, let's make it count. Well, Test cricket's the same, you know, uh, in terms of the way Brendan wants to play it. It's so hard. It's so hard to, to continue that kind of attitude for such a long period of time. But uh, Brendan can do it. Uh, Stokes has bought into it. And England have bought into it. And they're having a hell of a lot of fun. And look, uh, they'll feel a bit down about yesterday. It could have been another Test win for them. Would have made them, what, uh, 10 out of 11 or 11 out of 12. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, because of the way they're playing, they'll know they'll get another chance. We need to draw on your expert opinion, Ian Smith, our special guest, New Zealand Test Cricket Great. Um, the follow-on, the follow-on, is it dead? Like, it, you, you don't see it very often. Uh, we've had a, a, a caller text in just before we put you to air. Smithy saying it was a poor decision. You know, you, you've got to be 400 in front, not 226. Do you think the follow-on is dead? I don't think it's follow-on's dead at all, no. I, I don't. Um, I, I, I think Brendan thought that New Zealand were that down on confidence with their batting. Uh, he'd get one or two early uh, with his fresh old bowlers, if you get my drift, with Anderson and Broad. Uh, I think they thought they probably would strike that and envisage uh, for one second that New Zealand would put on 149 for the first wicket at the second innings. Now, you know, you don't think that because they, they don't think that way, England. They're, they're not cautious anymore. You know, they just think, well, we'll get some wickets. So let's have the follow. We can finish this in a day and a bit. Um, you know, and it, it backfired on them way. But if you ask Brendan today, if you, you know, or you ask Ben Stokes today whether they thought they did the right, uh, the wrong thing, they might say, well, the score might reflect that. But at the time, we didn't think so. And, you know, we could have won the test. It, it, it's just that refreshing attitude. I don't think it's dead, Bossy. The only thing I will factor into this, you got a 41-year-old in July, Jimmy Anderson. Okay, he's legendary. He's been absolutely freakish. Uh, and Stuart Broad, I think, is 37, 38. That's nearly 80 years of age in those <laughs> legs. <laughs> That's a, you know, when you ask them to go out and do it all again, uh, you don't really expect that you're going to be in the field for another day and a half, and uh, maybe a little bit longer. But 
Yeah, that was the enthralling, uh, the enthralling part of it. You know, and you look back at moments. You look back at moments. You look back at decisions in any game of Test cricket. Uh, but the only moment that really counted was uh, caught Blundell bowl Wagner one short England <laughs> tough pickies. Yeah. Oh, what about the second last ball, Smithy? I, so I'm calling it a wide. Yeah. I, I, and and maybe circumstances different. It's called a wide nine times out of ten. Would did you think it was a wide? I mean, it was, I, I called it high, wide, and handsome down well, leg side. High, wide, and handsome. There's a gentleman by the name of Rod Tucker standing in this test match. Now you'd know Rod Tucker. Yeah, because yep. he's one of yours. So I mean, yeah. I, I, hey, and who am I? Who am I, Vossi, uh, mm. gentlemen in particular? Who am I to, as a New Zealand cricketer, to ever doubt the validity and the judgment of an Australian cricket umpire? <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> was it a wide, Smithy? Was yeah. it a wide? Just quite. I think it was. it was. It was wide. Tied test. Might have been tied a tie. Test. A tied yeah. test, Vossi. Yes. I've got a question for you, Ian. So when. Uh, New Zealand and Australia, huge rivalry. England and Australia, huge rivalry. When the two play each other, most of us here in Australia go for New Zealand. If England was playing Australia in the Test, oh, let's say let's say the Ashes. Who do New Zealanders uh, root for when when Australia plays England? Right, uh, I think England. I, I think England. Um, I think uh, I'd say seven out of ten England. Seven out of ten England. If you went down the uh, you win and set, uh, because I, I think we've got a closer affinity to England, and it's because you know, you've treated us, you treated us like little brothers for so long in Test cricket. Oh, I mean, it's time you moved on from the underarm it's incident, only, Smithy. It's, it's good. time you moved on. No, it's over I'm not years. even talking. Bossy, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that for years you'd sent your B team over here because we weren't good enough. Then you let us go and play our full team in your Gillette Cup for years, Bossy. This is before you were born, having said that. Uh, but uh, So I'm not blaming you for this one. But here's, it, it, it's just this ingrained sort of attitude. Uh, myself personally, of course, uh, having spent a little bit of time in the Fox commentary box uh, this season and the SEN commentary team, I, of course, Australia. I, I want Australia to win. Okay, there's a few texts here. I'll throw them at you, Smithy, just while you're on. Um, this one, morning, cuzzy bros. I'm a <laughs> Kiwi by marriage, so I'm happy as bro. It's choice. Emptied my chelly bin last night before bed. Uh, there's a text <laughs> for you, Smithy. Um, this one, God, you would think the Kiwis won the America's Cup. Um, oh, so, we have done that. That is ours. Yeah, we have done. You've done that yeah. a few times. Uh, yeah. This one, boys, do the impossible. Try and find a Kiwi that actually lives in New Zealand. <laughs> uh, <there's... laughs> We've got a great text line here, Smitty. We, we yeah, really and... do have a, a one. This one. I've never been to New Zealand, but I once had a Kiwi friend visit our family home when I was a kid and I ate Kiwi fruit. Gee, it's great to be a Kiwi after yesterday's result over England. So some are hopping on your, uh, <laughs> on your bus, bus so, this morning, Smitty. Yes. Now, would you like to re-ask me the question about who would we'd really like to win between Australia and England? Nah, you can stick it in your pipe and smoke it, Smitty, to be quite honest. with you. Hey, go the Warriors. You have a great show today. I mean, but oh, seriously, as a sports fan, um, yeah. doesn't get much better. And your first comment was so pertinent, so true, that that finish, doesn't matter how many, you know, last ball games you have in a white ball game, shortened form of the game, nothing beats Test cricket, The, the how good yesterday was. Nothing. It is nothing uh, pu- it. It's the purest form of the game. And when you see a result like that, as I said, uh, they'll be talking about that round coffee machines and bars in uh, New Zealand uh, for a long, long time. And even in England, they'll be disappointed, but not disappointed in the way they're playing. And they know they've got the hell of a series coming up, the Ashes. I can't wait.
Elonia Smithy, thank you for coming on the program. Cheers, gentlemen. Have a great the remainder of your show, and I'll start mine shortly. Yeah, good on you guys. Yeah. Well done, Ian Smith. There you go, James. So he's backed it up. He's given you honesty. Kiwis, yeah. 70%, I think, was the number he put on it. Yep. England to beat Australia. Well, I think I've England changed my mind now. Obviously, I'm going for England when they play New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's <laughs> Go to hell, New Zealand. Go to hell. <laughs> you can listen live to the show every weekday morning from 6 till 9. Tune in through 1170am in Sydney or anywhere in the world through the SEN app. Our next guest, disappointing, he's not part of the New South Wales team to take on Victoria starting in... Uh, Albury, Sheffield Shield, but he's had a he's had a pretty good summer. I know the team's done it very tough, but some really good numbers returned by Sean Abbott. In fact, New South Wales leading wicket taker, and no surprise, even with the likes of Mitchell Marsh and Glenn Maxwell back on deck, Sean Abbott still has a spot in the Australian ODI squad, and we're we're only seven months away from the ODI World Cup. So Sean Abbott very much in the mix and, a, and an important part of that team, and we love having him on the program. He's on the show right now. Sean, welcome to the program. Good morning, gents. How are we going? Well, we're good. We're actually in rugby league mode, quite obviously, and and uh, <laughs> been talking a lot about the cricket last night. You actually have a bit of rugby league past, Sean. You're a pretty handy player, if I'm right in saying, back in the day. Yes, yeah. So I kept telling everyone, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, played a little bit of rugby up until what um, about 16, I think, was the Howard Matthews year. But it wasn't good enough to get picked. So, but all my uncles, my grand, my grandfather was involved with Parramatta Footy Club. So. A little bit there. Okay. Now, we'll get on to the good stuff in a moment, but uh, New South Wales this season. What uh, You know, sometimes when footy teams are struggling, they're going through a rebuilding phase. How, what, what sort of... What could we put on the New South Wales cricket team this year, Sean? Uh, yeah, I, didn't, I certainly didn't think we were at a rebuilding phase at the start of the year, but I, I think we've certainly entered that at, at the moment. Um, you know, we've... we've um, you know... Uh, our coaching, our coach Phil Jakes has moved on, and you know we're in the process of looking for a coach for the for next year and moving forward. But um, you know it's been 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 quite a frustrating year. We've got an incredibly talented group, and we just haven't got the um, you know the wins on the board, and you know sort of certainly haven't put together a full full four days worth of cricket um, and, and gotten wins on the board. So um, yeah, whilst it's been tough. Uh, the guys have been really good in the change room. It's certainly, you, just, you certainly don't walk into the change room feeling like it's like that. Like we've had a bit of change in the in the coaching setup, or that we haven't won a fixture yet. So uh, whilst it's not been great, uh, the lads have been been cracking on with it and doing really well. And Sean, just confirming, you you miss this Sheffield Shield match. A few uh, niggling injuries. We can sum it up that way. More than one. Uh, yeah, I had you know, bowled close to fifty overs last game up at the Gabba, trying to. You know, chase a win there. You know, we got pretty close, but um, my last couple of overs, I was um, you know limping in there. Not, I'm not injured at all. Uh, just nursing a couple of niggles, and obviously, there's a pretty big, pretty big tour of India coming up. We leave next week, um, and probably gives uh, cricket New South Wales the opportunity to have a look at maybe one or two other guys in the in the game starting down in Albury uh, today. It is a big uh, series against India in the one day is because the World Cup, as Vossi said, which gets underway in, in less than seven months, is in India. Um, and I, I was just thinking about the pitch, the current pitch, the test one. Uh, could we have Ashwin and Jadeja opening the bowling in the 50-over game uh, for India at some stage? Oh, it would seem like that. I mean, 
you know, they they took the test away from Dharmasala because it wasn't ready yet. And then we've had how many wickets fall, like 14 wickets fall on day one of the test match and basically all to spin. So um, just, just on it's looking pitches, like it's going to be a three-day test match. <laughs> Yeah, just on just on pitches, like are they prepared completely different? Like one day pitches compared to the test pitch. Like, what, what, surely you, you blokes wouldn't be served up a pitch like that in a one day game. Well, I was I haven't played any um, one day cricket for Australia over in India, but I've been there for a few T Twenty tours and was there with the IPL last year. And the the white ball wickets are some of the best batting wickets that you'll come across. Um, and the grounds are quite small and, and, and really fast. So they don't usually take much turn, um, you know, and it's usually a bit of a batting paradise and quite hard to defend if, if, if you're bowling second. So I can almost guarantee you'll see something completely different uh, for the three one days uh, when we get there next week. Okay. All right. It's an incredibly strong squad. When you throw back Mitchell Marsh into the mix and Glenn Maxwell's back, um, yourself there, uh, you know, the likes of Steve Smith, Marnus Lubbershane expected to feature. It is a very strong squad. Um, must be incredibly competitive within the group. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, everyone's obviously, there's quite a number of guys there fighting for spots. Everyone will have, um, you know, that, that World Cup in the back of their minds. But at the same time, it's hard to beat India and India, regardless of whether it's Test match cricket or, or limited overs cricket, but um, you know you get into the get into the nets and compete in the nets um, in that Australian setup, and you know everyone's sort of helping each other grow and grow their games and trying to feed off guys like Smithy and Dave Warner, who've obviously had you know they've not missed many Australian tours over the last decade, and then you know played in most IPLs during the winter. So there's a, a hell of a lot of experience there, and as you saw, just with things like. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone saw Smitty putting groundsman's tools together to get better at slips catching or whatever they were doing over there the other day. Yeah. Um, it's very much like that, um, you know, even when we get into the batting and bowling skills. So um, whilst it's ultra competitive, um, it's obviously by far and away the best environment to be in um, if you're looking to improve your cricket. And, and what's left for the one-day program? So you play India in India, um, and then what's left before that World Cup side is picked towards the back end of the year? Um, I believe there's some one-day cricket in South Africa, and then we go to... We're pretty lucky. We've actually got a couple of a few one-days in India against India before the... Uh, I believe they're against India before that World Cup starts. So um, that's basically the perfect lead-in, obviously getting a few... Um, they're not warm-up matches. They're one day for your country, but um, matches against the home opposition um, in the conditions you're going to be playing in, in the World Cup. So I think there's maybe you know nine nine one-day matches um, before that World Cup starts, starting from next week. Okay, Sean Abbott, our special guest, and Eels to win tonight, Sean. Um, Parramatta v Melbourne by how many? Absolutely. Um, it'll be a tough match, won't it? It'll be. I reckon we'll win by a conversion. I'm trying not to be biased. Two points in it. Be biased. Don't worry about that. Two points in it. Be biased. Yeah, nice. Sean, all the very best um, with the Indian tour. So March 17 is the first of the ODIs, mate. And as I said, it hasn't been a great season, quite obviously, for New South Wales, but your own figures have been really, really strong. And thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, gents. Appreciate it. You're listening to The Best of Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. 
Now, it's going to be a big night for Sydney FC tomorrow night. On the back of uh, the loss to Man City, who are runaway leaders at the moment in the A-League, um, it's looking, well, it's a little precarious, the race for the playoffs. So the match against Melbourne victory, based on ladder position, is a game that Sydney FC are expected to win at Allianz Stadium. But the rivalry, it's always been there. And I'm sure Steve Corica is looking forward to this no less than any other time. He's back on the program. Steve, welcome again. Good morning, guys. How are we? Very well. We are getting to the pointy end, so there's pressure everywhere now. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's hard not to look at ladder position, um, goal difference and all these sorts of things. Put it simply, Steve, tomorrow night must win. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's an important game for us. Obviously, eight games left in the season. We're sitting six, only four points behind second spot. So we're not far away. Um, so, and, and we have to play a lot of them teams uh, above us as well. So um, yeah, it's very tight. Looking forward to, obviously, the, the big blue. It's always a special game. And when you're at home as well, you, you want to win uh, more so than uh, as well. So it's our second time we've played them at home. We played them the first game of the season. We had a, a really good crowd that night. It did rain a lot that night, but we're hoping it's going to be fine and, and crowd coming in to support our, our players. You're right, Steve. Like, you're sitting in sixth and Newcastle seventh on 24 points as well, but you're only mm. four points out of second spot. Um, so a good... Final seven matches, um, you yeah. know, anything could happen. But as you, you just alluded to, so have you got a tough run home? Have you got? Do you play a lot of the sides above you on that run? Um, well, you know, obviously we got the we got this. This is a big game for us against Melbourne Victory. It's the big blue. Uh, next week we go to to Wellington, um, so they're up there as well. Um, the week yeah. after that is the Wanderers game, which is. A massive derby, you know, the third game for us against them. So, and then after that, it, it, you know, we play a few teams that, uh, down the bottom. Uh, we do play Perth. I think uh, we still have to play Newcastle. So they're all teams around, um, you know, that area that we can actually, you know, make our mark and move forward. And you know, it's all about consistency. You know, guys, when you when you get on a roll, yeah. we, we got on a bit of a roll three in a row. We 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 went up the table. And if we can, you know, do that to the back end of the season, it's going to it's going to be, make the same difference. Well, Steve, you've been around uh, the game longer than than Brittany or I, of course. Um, and you mentioned their consistency, and yes, you did get on the roll and you you string together the wins. But I, I made the point earlier in the week. It's an extraordinary situation that right at the moment you look at the lap. There isn't a single team, and I know I'm being a little unfair to probably Melbourne City because they've had a great year, but. But the fact of the matter is, there's not a single team in the competition going into this weekend that has won consecutive games recently. Like every yeah. team's either one win, one loss, two draws, a yeah. couple of losses in I a row. It, I mean, that's an incredible situation. The entire competition. I think it just shows how tight the, the A-League is, you know, with the salary cap, obviously. You know, I think uh, Melbourne City have been probably the standout team this year. They've been more consistent than anyone. Um, you know, they've put runs together. Everyone else, really... Not no, you know we've been a little bit inconsistent. Everyone else, and you know, and the team that will put something together in this back end of the season will obviously go on and probably finish in second. I would say because you know second spot is up for grabs, and um, you know whoever, whichever team will you know put a string of uh, runs together is going to definitely get that spot. Steve, can you just explain to me what what the what happens in the A-League in terms of signing players? We've, we've been talking about wow. what happens in rugby league. So, and, and I, I said yesterday in, a, in an interview that 
other sports think it's crazy what happens in the rugby league where players sign 12 months previous, play with that mm. current club, and then make the move. Yeah. Just explain how it works in, in the A-League. Yeah, well, it, like when the players are coming to the end of their contract, they can start talking to teams in January. So our, our season obviously doesn't finish until May. So, yeah, basically they can, they can sign a new contract for a team in January and you know, finish the season off with us and then they then they are off to a new team next year. So I think it's, you know, similar. Uh, obviously, you know, I think you guys are, you said a year, we're probably five, six months. So it's mm. not great. I, I agree. It's not, not good timing for, you know, for other clubs to come in and speak to your players out of contract, especially the ones you want to keep, obviously. That's more difficult. Yes, if there's players that, you know, you're willing to let go, well, then you can understand that, no problem. But when... Um, you know, there is players that you want to keep. It's 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 hard, you know, and to to keep them focused as well because they're speaking to other clubs, offering them maybe good deals and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a distraction, really, for for clubs. Interesting insight, Steve Corica, our special guest uh, from Sydney FC, uh, the Gaffer. Now. Um, the Allianz Stadium experience, there'll be listeners right now that maybe say, oh, okay, so 7.45 tomorrow night, brilliant stadium. How have the players enjoyed the Allianz Stadium experience? We've had, we, we, we came on the back of COVID times. You were playing at a Cogra. Yeah. You know, all the uncertainty for a few years. Now you're at you know, the shiniest, newest stadium in Australia. Um, yeah. What's the experience the, been like? They, no, it's fantastic. I think everyone that goes really enjoys, obviously, the atmosphere there. The boys love playing there. But I think um, what makes it even more difficult is the, the teams that come to us, they love playing there as well. So <laughs> it's, it's making it a little bit harder for us, actually. I think it's a bit of a hindrance at the moment because so, everyone's, especially when the first time they, uh, teams come, they, they really enjoy it, you know, uh, playing in front of big crowds. We obviously, we, we have the most uh, cra- uh, crowds in, in the A-League coming to our games, especially at home. So... Um, you know, they, they get excited about it. But we, we really enjoy it. It's a great stadium. Everything's brand new, obviously. Facilities are fantastic. Warm-up area's good. Changing room's great. Um, now we just got to uh, put a string of run, runs together as well at yeah. uh, Allianz and pick up points because we've probably done uh, better away from home this season, which is... Um, Obviously, it's great to pick up points away from home, but you want to be winning uh, games at home as well. It's important, especially for our fans, to get right behind our team and, and to show them our appreciation. Well, for fans of Sydney FC, football lovers in general, 7.45 kickoff tomorrow night. Um, the Big Blue, Sydney FC against Melbourne victory at Allianz Stadium. And one last question out of left field, because I did note that the great man, Jose Mourinho, I don't know whether you caught up with it, Steve, during the week, was red-carded. Um, <laughs> AS Roma lost to the bottom play side. The team, Cremonese, had not won a game all year. And Mourinho's Roma lose and are now not in the top four in the Serie A. Red carded. Steve, how many times have you been red carded in your career as manager? Is that that As manager, I haven't yet. So touch wood. No. So far, so good. No. But uh, as a player, I've got two, actually. Um, Did you? Oh, there you go. Yeah. But doesn't it show you the passion of the game, Mourinho? You know, all the games, he's like, what, managed a thousand games, and there yeah. he is getting red carded. The other. He's actually suspended for two matches. The next two matches, he's not yeah, allowed to no. be um, it, on the sideline. Yeah, so. exactly right. You can't you can't be on the sideline when you should get a red card as well. So, But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, he was obviously very disappointed to lose that game and probably frustrated. So it happens, I can tell you right now. <laughs> you get very frustrated <laughs> on the sideline sometimes, so you've got to... 
try and hold it in, but uh, yeah, it happens. All right, you're a clean skin, Steve. You're a clean skin. No red cards. So far, so uh, far, Steve. mate. Yeah, so no, far. so far. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing this weekend? You lose your, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you blame us, <laughs> Steve. Have a, a great Saturday night. Uh, great stadium, big clash, great rivalry, and let's hope Sydney FC get the three points. Thank you. Appreciate it. Steve Corica, the Sydney FC coach. Yeah, they lost. Roma lost to the bottom. The team had not won a game. Criminals bottom of the league, and it means Sampdoria, the team that sent the set that got sent the severed pig's head, are now mm. last on the ladder. They'll, they'll be getting more body parts sent than this week, probably. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe uh, our coach that was red carded needs to uh, join the Zoom call. That uh, have you seen? Have you seen the story in the Herald by Andrew Webster? Andrew today? Webster's story. Uh, Yes, so Trent Robinson, Ange Postacoglu, Brian Gorgian, Eddie Jones, Luke Beveridge from the Bulldogs, um, and Neil Craig from the Adelaide Crows, uh, join each other on a Zoom call and chat coaching. Wow. Yeah. Can we watch so it? So they chat coaching, show? but... Well, yeah, absolutely. So they, they do it for about an hour and a half, Vossi, but uh, what Ange Postacoglu said, he said, well, it's just a... a it's it just gives us a a situation where we can we can chat what is confronting us, but it's it's almost cathartic, and we just seem to complain for an hour and then get everything off our chests and and move on. He said. So these six coaches sit around a Zoom call and basically say what's bugging them, what they're yeah what, what, yeah, what they're finding difficult. Uh, they all have a, a a whinge about their jobs and and then move on. How good. Imagine chucking in um, Andrew McDonald in here. Would he? Would he just be able to unload, like say, the cheat, cheating umpire, like, or something like well, that? Well, that's right. Can you imagine what yeah. he's said in yeah. this call? Yeah, there's bloody sweep shots, and you know, it's their yeah. fault. I didn't tell them to do it. That's a that's a beauty. That's Andrew Webb's. You can read it online or a hard copy of the Herald today. And good luck to the Sydney FC side tonight. And that is all in our. Special weekend podcast on this Saturday. Thanks for listening. We're back live on air Monday from 6am or 5am in Queensland. Tune in live on your radio through 1170am in Sydney, 693am in Brisbane, our SEN track network, or anywhere in the world through the SEN app. Have a great weekend, everybody.